0: Here we go, Lev man. You ready? I am ready. I am Dana. ready. This is Dennett. I don't have a song for you today. It's the This is a banner day. I, this is the first day I haven't hosted. So yeah. Um I... but you know what? I have a complaint and I want to take it up with you. You are like my mother in that she has 75 different email addresses and she doesn't yeah. like know what they are. And then you just send me a new one and I don't have that one.
1: So that's my new work one and so my old work one i no longer have access to so if you're trying to reach me at my old email address i don't want to hear from you <laughs> so what all my about old- your gmails though man
0: Pe- people yeah love to i'd reach like you to on get, the gmail
1: i'd like to get rid of some of them if i could because um i set them up i don't even know i think i have about four gmail accounts now um yeah. And I check them, literally, I check them every day.
0: I have to go through them and clean them out every day. Every day. It's tough being a citizen and a human, isn't it? Everyone has to do that, dude. You have to check out all your emails, right?
1: Yeah, and, and you know, the other fun thing is with this new job, I get to relive my 20s every day when I go to Newark and realize there's a reason why you don't stay around after you graduate from college, you know? You, you, you just don't. I mean, there's something. I know you're a big fan of Athens, but what is it about your college town that once you hit 23, you don't want to be spending too much time there anymore? I, I guess maybe it's sort of the realization that you don't belong there. Um, so, yeah, I think but, it just I depends it, on the
0: town, you know, like some towns like Columbus is supposed to be a great and Madison are supposed to be great towns. Independent but they
1: of... also they also are. Let's be honest, Madison and Columbus are both state capitals, so they yeah. obviously have their they have their own things going on. And, you know, they're not dependent on college students. Neither Madison nor Columbus is dependent on college students.
0: Yeah. So. And same as Austin. I, I mean, I would leave. to I would pack up to, right now. If Summer said we can move to Athens, I would go in a, in a heartbeat. I would live there in a minute. It's such a simpler uh, way of life the problem is is that you're you know like an hour and a half hour and 45 minutes from atlanta airport so that's uh yeah that
1: and and, and and atlanta is as they say the new york city the chicago of the south because i mean it is the the metropolitan air city of the south uh it you know i guess there's houston too but my mom always told me, I mean, I, maybe my mom put me off towards Houston, that Houston is just like an example of no like center city of Houston, that it's all spread out. I've never been to Houston, but uh, and maybe some of our listeners will uh, try and sell me on the idea of spending some time in Houston. It's never really appealed to me while New Orleans,
0: great city. I love the way that you pronounce Houston because I call it yeah. Houston. But I love Houston. I love the way you say yeah. that. I truly do. And 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 down here you they say Narland's. Nollins. Nollins. That's how it is. Um okay. yeah. and I've only been to New Orleans or whatever
1: once and I really liked it. I thought it was wonderful. a
0: fun town. There's a lot to do there, a lot of uh good and bad to get into there. So yeah. did you enjoy the beignets when you were there? Oh uh,
1: shoot, did we enjoy the beignets? I definitely remember, if we didn't have a beignet, because I think we might have done a beignet in Delaware, so obviously it's not the same thing. We had a po' boy sandwich. But we did have a,
0: a Po' boy and, uh, sandwich is good. And then Cafe Du Monde is the place down there where they have um, all night, they they serve those things all night. Like, I think there are 20, I think they're open 24 hours, actually. They have their beignets. I, I remember loving going to like a dive jazz bar, though. I mean, and, and
1: it wasn't yeah. even that bad, but it wasn't like, you know, this beautiful place, but just, you know, I like the fact that you could stop anywhere and listen to really good jazz music, which, you know, uh, secretly I will tell you that, you know, I might not be up on all the great, the, 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 Olivia Rodrigo or all these singers that I see on Saturday night live. I'm really trying to date myself, but I do to my love... daughter. She's up on the, she's loves Olivia Rodrigo. I'm sure she does. I'm sure she's a very talented young lady. I didn't really pre- particularly like her song that she mm. did but i thought she was very talented i just think a ch- choice in music selections would be better
0: um but um i love jazz music i really love jazz music it's really beautiful i agree man jazz music is fantastic and jazz in 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 new orleans is just uh it's awesome you know my nephew goes to school at tulane did yeah, you know that?
1: Tulane. yeah you, you told me and he's he's lucky it's a It's a beautiful school. Uh, It's, you know, it's a very conducive environment. I think you said he goes to
0: business school there, right? You're right, man. Great memory. Yeah. Of course, they had all that horrific anti-Semitism bullshit and it was real bad. Um, Students. We have
1: it up here with Penn. And
0: uh, obviously, I mean, the the president of Penn was
1: forced out after, you know, I'm not a big. Uh Oh, I lost your audio,
0: buddy. I will say one thing
1: she put them in their place a little bit and they could not answer questions sufficiently. These are three women, uh, you know, uh, three women, uh, leaders in three of the highest positions in academia in this country at the heads of Penn, uh, Harvard and MIT. And they could not give sufficient answers on why genocide is, is bad or, or Jewish genocide is bad. And, uh, you know, I saw this alarming figure about younger people, I guess Gen Z or whatever the generations are, that like a third of young people think that the Holocaust was, uh, you know, a conspiracy. And and um, so there's a lack of knowledge. And uh, I think that translates into anti-Semitism now and the idea that
0: you and I control everything in this world. Right. Which is clear that we don't based on. Right. The- the wa- the way that we live but um well, yeah. you
1: do have it, that nice you know white background shelf i've got a bookshelf behind me yeah. so uh
0: yeah yeah so so clearly we control everything uh I, yeah i mean that narrative is such horseshit and it's really disheartening and disappointing to see um the the lack of uh support and the total ignorance um with regard to what goes on in the middle east and and it sounds like um uh, A lot of people just feel like they want to stand up for the perceived underdog, which if you knew the story, you would realize like what you're standing up for is, is not at all. I think what, I think people are so misinformed and unfortunately don't take the time to talk to people who are in the know. And, you know, you certainly are in the know and I, and I know more than, than a lot of people, but certainly there's people that know a lot more than us. And, um, you know, it's just, uh. It's I sort of see disability. the issue, in and just a reminder that there are still hundreds being held, and, yeah. and 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 people are still like seem to have forgotten about them, and that's really disheartening. And I'm going to say one other thing about uh, props. I'm with you on what Stefanic, what she did. The questioning was right online. You substitute Jews for any other group, it would be an uprising, and you know yeah. it's just. Jews are just supposed to just sit there and take it. So it's just, you, it sucks. Do you think, I mean, so here's the
1: question. Do you think it's because we're white and that there's that issue that, yeah, you know, you're a minority group, but you're doing all right in America and, you know, um, I, I I mean, that's often so because here's the thing. I mean, I always felt uncomfortable when people identified me simply as being white. I mm-hmm. always sort of said I was white and Jewish. And the reason why I always said that was because I never really felt like I was totally in the doorway. I always sort of felt like eh, someone was capable of making a, a cheap comment or you know what I mean? That they wouldn't do that about someone uh, who might be just white, like they might say, Jew them down or something like that. I was always, someone once or twice made those comments to me in the past and it always made me sort of cautious like, eh, you know,
0: I I totally don't feel like I belong. Yeah, you're right, man. It's always like you're walking this, this tightrope and like I said, I mean, I think everybody and this is not specific to Jews. I mean, this is yeah. any minority class like I'm sure there are one, two, three instances that I can think of where people said something to me when I was a kid um, and at different stages of my life. And I never, ever, ever forgot. And one particular instance, it changed everything about like my willingness to acknowledge me being Jewish. And that was something that happened in fifth grade. So uh, I was always like, you know, despite what my nose tells you, I was always embarrassed <laughs> to like, Tell people that I was Jewish. And that's like, that's ridiculous. That's so sad. It's really unfortunate. And I look back on that and I think like it 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 is sad. So I don't want my kids to ever feel the way that I felt. Um and they're gonna face their own set of anti-Semitism and and you know, that's what's unfortunate. I will say that I went to yesterday um props to my wife because she makes it a point every year to make sure that she goes in to the school and teaches about Hanukkah and these kids oh, wow. That's like, awesome, for, man. every year. And so Annabelle's class, you know, this is like the sixth year they're doing this. Lev, I walked in there and I was like, they're going to be so bored. Like we're spinning dreidels. We're eating chocolate. Like, you know, soup, ganillo, we're doing some donuts and, and, you know, watching some videos and summer's talking about Hanukkah. I'm like, they're going to Lev, They were so into it. And yesterday when yeah. uh, I picked the kids up from school. Both of them said that, uh, at, after they came back from recess, all the kids grabbed their dreidels and were spinning and the kids were so <laughs> into it. They were like, Mr. Jacobs, Mr. Jacobs, what does this mean? And then so like, and then I, I should, I, you know, cause I'm, I'm, I'm talented as we all know. So I, I can spin the dreidel, You're a dreidel on, spinner? On, on its top, you know, on the, uh, on the top. So I showed these kids cause that's the only thing that I have going for oh, me is that do. ability. Okay. And, uh, So the kids were just trying it and they were all into it. And like in my son's class, which obviously is a younger class, like it's just great to see, to be able to um, enrich and hopefully educate them about, you know, it about being Jewish and about Hanukkah and just not everyone celebrates Christmas and not everyone is the same. And that's okay. And I think it's a broader sense of awareness, understanding and education that I hope for our future. But um, you know, these have certainly been some some um some challenging times for uh Jewish people to 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 walk through. But I do feel like two things have happened with Jews over this course of time. I think one is that we've all really kind of um felt a greater sense of pride. And I think two, yeah. um, we've I, I think Jews have done a great job. I know that my friends have, and I'm grateful for it, uh, just kind of like coming together and being like, look, like, we we have ourselves and like it's amazing the people that have come out and spoken up for us that are not Jewish. That's incredible. Yeah. Love it. And several
1: of it. our friends, might I add, I, I felt like you know, like Rich saying happy Hanukkah a
0: couple of days ago. Dude, uh and how much like, did that mean, I, man? How much did that I mean?
1: mean? Yeah, and like we had a nice chat of a couple months ago about the situation in, in Israel. And so kudos to him and kudos for Everyone who's and and uh, you know Steve Rosen, Mr. Israel, these days he had actually asked me. I don't know if he still means it. Like we have to plan a trip next year. So I, I don't know if Steve <laughs> and I in the Holy Land for a week can make it, but I, I hope we can. <laughs>
0: You got to If you do that, you got to do some video capture because I got to see that. Maybe just set yourselves up with a couple of GoPros on your heads because I got to see what's going on with those. YouTube. And then we
1: got to hang out with some divorced Israeli women. So you don't even uh, have to
0: be divorced, man. They just have to be, you know, whatever you whatever you want to do over there. But uh, but that's fun, man. I um. so that's cool. And then happy. Eighth Rusty's
1: European happy vacation, Day dude. What? Rusty's
0: European vacation. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so Lev, happy eighth day of Hanukkah. Um, yeah, and uh, I have another question out there because I know Iraq is um, a loyal uh, listener, and so I wanted to bring this up too. Is that um E-Rock, We're like the the idea, like so we get uh, like almost almost all of the teachers' gifts for the holidays. Yeah, that shit gets expensive, Lev man. Well,
1: how many, well, it used to, I mean, if it was only be the one teacher, I guess, but now you have a daughter in sixth grade,
0: so she's probably got five teachers, right? I, well, she's in fifth grade, so she, yeah, we have, we didn't, so. I don't think you got to give the specials teacher a gift card. I got nine gift cards that I had. You gotta give the specials teacher a gift card? So well, yeah. I, so we do the principal and the vice principal because oh. they have been. Um, the vice principal has been exceptional with us. It's been a bit of a rough year with like stuff that I I just don't want to really put out there. No, but, no, no,
1: you don't have to.
0: Um. So she's been exceptional. The vice principal is an exceptional. And then we always get the PE teachers because like we we become friends with them. And then so we do um, my son's teacher, second grade, phenomenal. Like incredible yeah. incredible um and then my sis- my daughter's got three teachers and then those aren't to include the specialist but then we want to get someone who works in the the uh you know the the office the person who kind of like does all that receptionist, like, yeah receptionist, she she does she's really sweet and I just feel like a lot of people are overlooked you know look I wish I could get them for like the cafeteria staff and all the custodial st- I mean because yeah. those are the people that are overlooked so the good news is the school collects. And
1: actually those financially are the people that need it the most. I hate yeah. to say it. Yeah. The cafeteria staff.
0: Yeah. Totally. So it's just, uh, it can get expensive, uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's worth it. So I got nine cards today um, and uh, they were not of all the same amount because, you know, certain teachers get a little bit more than other teachers, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then one more thing I just want to say, uh, I, uh, tragically lost a, uh, friend of mine who was a fraternity brother, um, who passed away at 51. Um, unexpectedly, he had a, um, a brain bleed. Um, he went to the SEC championship game, uh, and then that next day came home and, um, I guess he was out running errands and then he came home, wasn't feeling well and had a brain bleed and, um, he didn't make it. And so, Will Shields, my old fraternity brother, this is for you, buddy. So that's tragic, man. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Too young. Yeah. Too young. 51 years old, man. It's just, you know, two kids. And so I went to the Shiva and I went to the funeral. And it was um, you know, it was really, really sad. And and uh, he was just a great guy, just a wonderful person, kind soul like. When I was uh, kind of uh, earlier on in my career, when I was kind of, you know, trying to figure out, as we all do, like at different stages, right? We all try to figure out what we want to do and how we're going to get there professionally. He always made time for me. And he didn't just make time for me. He made contacts for me. You know, he he connected yeah. me with people like he was a doer. He wasn't just a, set, a uh, talker. And so, um, you know, he'll be missed tremendously by everyone who who knew him and certainly praying And he
1: has, a, I'm sure, a lovely wife and two. Lovely. He has a son- um, he has, whether his son and a daughter or daughter,
0: daughter, and a daughter. daughter in college yeah. and a son, um, who's in high school and his wife yeah. is lovely. They, I think they were high school sweets oh, sweethearts, but they've been together for, uh, married for, uh, 25 years. Just, just hit 25 years. So yeah, yeah that's a real tragedy. So, um, you know, great, great guy. Um, so, uh, will Shields, this one's for you, buddy. Um, so let's rock and roll, man. It has been yeah, and I'm
1: glad we we did the whole Middle East. We were gonna do like this whole show on anti-Semitism, and I'm glad we did it in a light way, yeah. Hanukkah mixed in because it certainly made it a little bit more digestible. Uh yeah, yeah. It's interesting with a little reflection from October seventh. You can at least do it in a more less, you know, intense way. So I'm sort of happy about that.
0: Yeah, Um, and I'll say also any of our friends. Uh, who who like don't want to listen to it uh don't bother calling me so I don't because this is this is seriously like if I, I well, I've prefer- never felt this
1: vulnerable I'm gonna be honest I've never felt this vulnerable in my entire life to being Jewish I mean it it comes out you know when I have to see a police officer at my synagogue now every week you know, it really hits me, I mean not that I don't love law enforcement, I love law enforcement, but the fact that you have to think about it, I'm sure you have a police
0: officer at your synagogue too, yeah, we've always had multiple police officers at our synagogue, um yeah, so it's uh yeah, man it's a it's a reality and and i, I get it. I'd rather feel safe and and we know them, and summer knows them and they're great great, great they're great people, great people um yeah, yeah but so, well,
1: let. Uh, yeah. Let's get into those Philadelphia Eagles. I have, I know we have a lot of bad stuff. I do have some good things to say in the sense that I think they're going to go out and win their next four games and finish off at 14 and three. I'm pretty certain all this infighting and everything that they are going to go ahead and do that. It's just I'm not going to be a half. I don't think a lot of us are going to be happy at 14 and three. Based on- How can you be unhappy with 14 and three? But I just think a lot of us will be unhappy at 14 and three.
0: I think because I think that's a real great point. And I think it's because the manner with which they lost those two games. So if you step back and you look at the gauntlet, as we've talked about, right. And you yeah. say, Hey, you get through the gauntlet four and two, right. With, with which and is what I
1: think they're going to, I think they're
0: going to get through it at four and two. So if you, if you look at it that way and say well they already have gone right didn't they so the it was no, seattle was sort of the originally seattle was the last game of the gauntlet because it was the cowboys it was the dolphins it was the um Chiefs, 49ers and it was the bills, bills. So, and then seattle was relevant so they okay, actually so if you up. want to call the gauntlet so yeah I, I i said the gauntlet was six games but if you want to call it seven and i think that's fair because you're going out to seattle so the gauntlet is seven games if you would have gotten through that you know, uh, let's just say five Five and two, two. right? Like you're, you're thrilled with that. I would think. Right. But I think it's the manner with which they lost to both of those teams in which they were undressed. They were pants. as my son likes to say. Um, they just were exposed and it raises a lot of questions for Eagles fans. Now is which team is it? Is it, is it the team that looked so dominant? And like you just when did they really look them? dominant though? You mean they never looked dominant this well, year? Well, I, right? I think dominant in the sense of like you couldn't you couldn't kill this team, like, like yeah. you know, like they fell behind against the bills, they fell behind against the chiefs. I think they I can't remember if they fell behind against the dolphins, but like these these types of guys who you just like dominant in the sense of that offense would score when it needed to score. Um, yeah. This you know, was, I, this the last two teams actually are the teams that lost to the Jets. <laughs> I mean, that's what
1: I, mean, I hate to say it. This was the team that lost to the Jets, the bad, putrid New York
0: Jets. Yeah, you're right, man. You're right. Uh, so you're feeling good. Would you say you're feeling good going into Seattle? Yeah,
1: I think I'm feeling very good. Seattle, I, I think Drew Locke is their starting quarterback.
0: Yeah, Gino can't go. Do you worry at all about the Eagles' inability to stop anyone?
1: Well, I think I would if their quarterback wasn't, you know. I mean, no one should ever be threatened by Geno Smith anyways. I mean, Geno Smith is a a journeyman quarterback who had, what, one good year and then signed a big contract? So I wouldn't worry about Seattle. I mean, and then there's this stat that the Seahawks haven't lost – more than having lost 5 games in a row since peak i mean it's a stupid statistic cuz it'll be the first time it happens so what you know it's like they don't have any talent this team or at least this year it doesn't seem like it so i mean they they've got to get right with the teams that they're playing the next 4 games i mean and 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 uh they've got to they've got to make some stops with this defense
0: they do need to make some stops. I think that's it. You know, I think on third down they are, whether it's penalties or whether it's like they are just, I don't know what's going on. Um, You know, I think, I know people are down on, on slay this year, but if you look at his numbers, he actually has not been that bad. I do think Bradbury has struggled um, a good bit and they've been moving him around. Uh, You know, it looks like the D line isn't getting pressure the way they did last year. And, I mean, I wonder yeah. how much of that is Desai's scheme versus Gannon's scheme. And remember how much we were not a fan of Gannon's scheme last year. No, but and we were pressure. so happy
1: that Desai was coming, right? I mean, we right. were happy, you know, that he was something different. And uh, so I have heard talk. Was it the cornerback's coach who left, the DB's back coach who left and uh, because he didn't get the job?
0: Oh, I forgot about that. You're right. It and was, and
1: yeah. Desai took, they gave the job. So, you know, I forgot I, about I that. Don't, I don't get into all this locker room bullshit banter because I don't think that's making people not make tackles because the the coach wasn't picked appropriately. Right. But
0: from a coaching perspective, you do have to wonder was what they are coaching now different? And the thing is like Desai has his guys. Like if you watch pre-snap, they give so much space to those receivers. There's they 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 don't play hey. push, like they don't play, uh, they don't try to jam them up the line. And I don't I don't know that I get that, you know, and and certainly I I also do wonder if if this um what we're seeing and and we've been able to get away with it for a little while, but like not having TJ Edwards this year, and we talked about it in an earlier show, but like not having that 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 sure Fire linebacker who's a just a tackling machine and and really a difference maker. You know TJ Edwards, I think was a a Pro Bowler or a Pro Bowl alternative last year. But if having a guy like him and you look at the Bears defense and what he's doing over there, and the Bears defense is 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 killing people right now actually, and so yeah. you, you do wonder if that that loss. And then I've heard CJ uh, Gardner Johnson. What I heard a crazy stat like he had more interceptions at this point last year than our entire team defense defensive backs have had this year. Like it's, it's crazy. So they're not there. There's no playmakers right now on the back, on the backside of our, you know, we our front four, are playmakers, you know, our, yeah. our, our linebackers and DBs are back seven. There's no playmakers there.
1: So Howie Howie is not getting good grades for this off season with the defense and, uh, you know, um, yeah, I mean, Leonard gets signed as a backup. There's a reason why he was let go, Leonard, right? I mean, you were the one that's saying that he had lost a step. And, you know, you let your, your two two of your three linebackers leave in free agent, Kazir White, and uh, you said Edwards was the other guy, right? Yeah, so Jay Edwards and Kazir White, right? So, I mean, you know, you lost five starters on the defense. And, you know, sometimes maybe we devalue that stuff with the NFL because we think everyone is replaceable. Uh, but maybe what they had last year was working, and so they're, they're not. We we're not going to do the off season now, but they they're, they're going to need to do some work in the off season. You're because right. I, they're going to need to be. I mean, they finally have to work on that
0: linebacking position and stop devaluing it. I, I think, think we're learning. One. Right? I think they just need one like like thumper like linebacker, and I think they can they can use fringe players for the rest, but. It just seems like Howie's M.O. is like he's not going to put money there. He's going to put it in the D-line. And the D-line, unfortunately, dude, our best D-lineman has been like Fletcher Cox, man. And he's like 33 yesterday.
1: Yeah. And so (laughs) there's going to be a lot of questions. But, you know, right now, as this team is playing at the end of the season, the team is not a Super Bowl team. Uh, But but, But. But if they win all these games outright, I think that they have the tiebreaker on Dallas, if I'm correct. If they win, because uh, so, you know, the 49ers could slip up. The Eagles go 14 and three and still have the one seed all the way to the playoffs. And then maybe something changes in the next couple weeks. Yeah. That's the interesting thing. I, you know, I think back to that 2009 Arizona Cardinals. This team got to the Super Bowl. Uh, I remember watching that game on, like, I think it was Thanksgiving, the Eagles beating them 44-20. So things can happen in the NFL. The difference of talent is not that great. And I know the 49ers are this and that, but we get them here on, with a home field advantage in, in February, and who knows what happens. So, I mean, there's something that can happen. I, I think that can happen. And uh, you know, we'll see, have to see what happens. But um,
0: – Yeah. I, I So – and and you know we hit a lot on the defense, and I, I also want to say like you know look Jalen Carter, I think those guys Jordan Davis, um, I think um, obviously Hassan Reddick is is double digit sacks again, so I don't want to poo poo our defensive line. The, Josh Sweat's been a disappointment this year. Um, Nolan Smith needs to get more snaps, but I, I certainly think that that defense is uh, leaves a lot to be desired. But I, we also can't ignore that. Jalen has not been himself either. You know, it looked like he no, started the no. last game and he started to like really trust his legs. But like, I don't know if it's the the play development. I don't know if it's the play calling. I don't know if it's Brian Johnson or Sirianni or what's what's going on. Um, like certainly Devontae Smith, AJ Brown, they and and Jalen, your three biggest players, all fumbled at horrendous times last yep. week. Uh and then I mean, AJ you, Brown, you, you, you. Drop that you button. could have gone it's in like there brightness. and tied the games.
1: I'm just I was that jail at that first fumble. I mean, was a momentum. I mean, it was a momentum killer. Cause they were coming right back, would have gone up seven seven, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And they sorry to cut you off, but that was that was that was the big one though. That first fumble. I mean, none of the fumbles were good, but that first fumble was was because you knew that if they tied that game that they were going to be able to but but then they went down and they got down ten nothing and it seemed insurmountable.
0: So yeah, and AJ Brown, Devontae, they, all those fumbles happen on on our uh, the Cowboys side of the field. So they were all going, marching for drives. And then AJ, you know, Devon, uh Jalen threw a beautiful ball to AJ, yep. which he dropped. Like you know, stuff like that. It's those are just just killers. The offense just looks out of sync. And we mentioned this before. Whether it's you know sometimes these handoffs to, to uh, DeAndre Swift that that seemed to, like, you know, fumbles result out of that. And Jalen just doesn't – it looks like he's taking – and, again, that that throw to A.J. was phenomenal. But, you know, he's missing – like, on that throw to A.J., he also had a shorter pass to Devontae that was wide open. And I just feel like he's missing guys. And I don't know if they're – I heard a rumor that they're not – their offensive uh, – their play calls don't include, like, kind of safety valves, guys to dump it off to – um, you know, you don't see a whole lot in the way of like running back dump offs and, and like set up screens for Devante and, and Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell, uh, you know, so I think, you know, look, a lot of people are really down on, on, um, Brian Johnson everyone wants to bring Frank Reich in, and I totally understand it. I'm getting, I'm very, very frustrated myself. However, you can't ignore the fact that Jalen has not played at the same level he has been at last year. Again, is it a result of the offense? Could be. But last week you mentioned Jalen, Devontae, AJ, three fumbles, all in Dallas territory, you know, that potentially wiping out 21 points, just those three, right?
1: You're either nine or 21, something between that, but that's still a lot. I mean, yeah. that's a lot.
0: It's a lot of points. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah, so um, and then wasn't there a penalty on the first drive? And that's why they had to settle for a field goal. I think they they had a penalty, I thought they had a play to Goddard, but there was a penalty. Um, I also like to see them get a little bit more creative on offense. Like, I know that there's that rumor, like, hey, our offense is so predictable, but let's add some spice to this offense and let's see what we got. So, you love us against Seattle, you're you're taking yeah. the Eagles win. I am too. Actually, I think that the Eagles are going to show up, they they have historically. Struggled. I don't think they've won in Seattle in like. Uh, I, I think, think it
1: was sixteen years or something. I think it was like two thousand seven. Is that what? So it was? it's been a long. It's been a yeah. long time, but yeah. this is not the same Seattle Seahawks.
0: Uh, and then, and this ain't the same Eagles team, too. So you know. And I think this is this is a huge game for the Eagles. Like you know, to lose three in a row, I think at this point of the season would would feel devastating. I think they have to turn it around. And um, winning on the road in Seattle, I think, goes a long way. And they had, you know, a, an extra day to prepare for this, being that they played on Sunday and this game's on Monday. So looking forward to that. Um, talk about talking about preparing and destroying the, your Philadelphia 76ers. And I just want to quickly plug Philadelphia Flyers are in second place, dude. They're playing awesome. But Yeah. We'll talk. About I was
1: trying, I was going to go to a game during the week of Christmas, but both the Flyers and the Sixers are out of town that week. So
0: uh, that's a bummer.
1: Um, yeah. Well, Sixers, uh, you're sixteen and seven. Philadelphia 76ers, could actually be heading into next. Uh, I guess Christmas is Monday at twenty one and seven because their next five games are very winnable. Uh, so. I mean, this team is, I mean, I wish I had more time because I'm exhausted with work. This is actually a fun team to watch. Yeah. This is not the James Harden, Ben Simmons 76ers. This is, you have, I mean, Joel
0: Embiid, as of today, would be winning his second MVP title. The numbers he's putting up are insane, aren't they?
1: His numbers are better than last year. That's that's the amazing thing.
0: And I think he's playing less minutes too.
1: Well, he he had forty one points. And he didn't play the fourth quarter last night.
0: It's <laughs> outrageous. And they've yeah. been he had like thirty. And I know these... at halftime. he had
1: thirty points at halftime last night.
0: Yeah, and I know these teams are trashed the wiz the wizards and the in the pistons, but I mean the sixers are beating them by like forty points.
1: Right. Well, the Celtics play these same trashy teams. The every one of these teams, uh, you know, I don't want to hear, oh, the Celtics, this and that. You know what? I just we just need to beat the Celtics in the playoffs when it matters. And and that's the issue. And then I guess next week, Gobert and uh, the, the first place NBA leading Minnesota Timberwolves are coming to Philadelphia with Gobert and. Carl Anthony Towns. So that should be interesting.
0: And Ant-Man. Don't forget Ant-Man. And the
1: Ant-Man, University of Georgia, one-year guy, Anthony Edwards. Um, he is something, man, Anthony Edwards. But
0: the Sixers, yeah, it's fun. It's it's a likable team right now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know and what? I think it's maybe the first you, time you
0: can say that in a few years.
1: Maybe you want to stand pat and, and, and not trade Tobias Harris and, and not bring in uh, Levine because that would probably be a mistake.
0: I do not want Levine. I agree with you on that. I, I do think they're gonna make some kind of move, but they're so deep right now. I mean, that's the other thing. Like Marcus Morris is finally like getting some minutes and and contributing too. So um I don't know, man. They're they're they have they're a deep team right now, you know? Pat Bad yeah. is playing great. He drinks a beer, a Miller Light after every game. Have you seen this?
1: No. I mean it's it's definitely uh it sounds like nineteen seventies all over again there. Pep's <laughs> blue ribbon. He drinks a peps blue ribbon every game there.
0: PBR, man. Um yeah. uh so, so that's the Sixers and then the Flyers we touched on, and then sadly my Georgia Bulldogs came up short against Alabama. Told yeah. you I feared it. You laughed at me, and now you see why I fear everything. But
1: I could make an argument that Georgia should have been in the championship rather than Texas. I mean, strength the think- schedule. I mean, actually, I don't know. Did Texas have a stronger strength of schedule or no?
0: I'd have to look that up. I mean, Texas, uh, they had a decent schedule. I mean, look, if you're asking me to ignore the records, right, who are the four best teams in college football? I honestly think it's – I do think it's Texas. I do think it's Alabama. I do think it's Georgia. I do think it's Michigan. I think those are the four best teams in college football. I know Washington is undefeated. But, again, pay, playing that schedule that they played, I, I just, oh. you know, I I don't think that Washington is amongst the best. And maybe they're going to prove me wrong. But I no, think... No, I don't
1: think they are. I think Texas is going to shellack them. Just yeah. like I think, here I'm going to go out on on a whim and say I think Alabama is going to beat the shit
0: out of Michigan. I do too. I think it's going to be Alabama-Texas uh, rematch, which I'm I'm kind of excited about if, if that's the case. But... You know, I think Florida State got hosed by Texas because if you're basing it on record, they won their conference. They won their championship game. They had a backup quarterback. And weren't they on the third string? I mean...
1: They were on the third string. I think the second string will be back for the Orange Bowl against Georgia, which should be interesting If Georgia, how many players for Georgia sit that game out.
0: Yeah. Well, Georgia just lost the top recruit. Another shout out to Iraq. He'll appreciate this. The top recruit in the nation... Dylan Rayola, quarterback, five star quarterback, um, who has been signed with Georgia, or committed to Georgia, but his uncle, his uncle who played at in uh Detroit, his uncle went to Nebraska and his no, his uncle coaches for Nebraska and his dad went to Nebraska. And Nebraska just offered him three million dollars to sign there. And Georgia doesn't offer that kind of money for high school kids. Like they're they're just don't. Play that game. So yeah, he's, well, he's gonna he's gonna leave Georgia to sign with Nebraska. Can you imagine? I mean, that's like crazy. And to
1: me. and, and Rule, right? The co- the the ex Temple yeah. head coach Rule,
0: who said it's going to take millions to get a, a high profile quarterback. Well, congratulations, Rule, you did it, Matt Rule, former. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but I think yeah, I I mean I think if you're basing it on record, it should have been Florida State, Washington, um, Alabama, and um, Michigan but if you're basing it on who i who like the four best teams are i think they got it wrong. So and they kind of like went halfway. Florida State got left out. Like you you play a season so that with the hope that you will be in the championship game. They they went undefeated, they won all their games and they won their conference title. There's no reason they shouldn't be there.
1: Well, next year you'll have the big 4 and uh i did want to i i did see on the SEC network the schedule reveal came out for the SEC so that must have been uh, one of your exciting moments of the year. Um, and then I saw Texas. Going to Texas, Texas and Texas, going to Alabama. Yeah, I saw Texas was on the schedule and Alabama was on the schedule. And obviously this is exciting because this is Texas's first SEC schedule reveal as well as Oklahoma's first schedule. So I think Texas, there, there are three schools that they play are, I guess it's Texas, AM Arkansas, and Oklahoma every year, right? And then Something along the lines. So, yeah, yeah. So, you play Alabama and you play Texas. Do you, and do you, is there anyone that you will not be playing this next year now that we?